Sing a new song to the Lord who has done marvelous things, whose right hand and holy arm have won the victory. O Lord, you have made known your victory. You have revealed your righteousness in the sight of the nations. You remember your steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice, and sing. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, shout with joy before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar in all that fills it, the world and those who dwell therein. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the hills ring out with joy before the Lord who comes to judge the earth. The Lord will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Well, this is Psalm 98. This is our, our psalm for this coming week, and it, it's, it's an interesting psalm. In part, it begins with this shout of victory, right? Where we're called on to sing a new song to the Lord, who's done these marvelous things, who's right hand and holy arm have won the victory. That's that's where I, I have the children's sermon that I've done before, where, where you have a baseball or you have a football or or something like that. And you talk with the kids about how I, I've done it on, on Super Bowl Sunday before, um, as well as at Christmas, uh, where you talk with the kids and Easter. So at least three times a year you'll get the sermon. Uh, uh, but uh, where we talk about things like you have the starting quarterback who in today's world, in the NFL, is called on to win a game with his arm, where you hope that if it's not such a great quarterback that you have a good running game and so that his arm does not throw interceptions and so you win the game that way. But then again, if you don't have that great of a quarterback in today in the NFL, uh, you're gonna have a hard time winning. If you've got a bad quarterback, they're gonna make bad mistakes and they're not going to win. So you think about the Buccaneers this last year, they, they had Tom Brady, they won because that's what Tom Brady does. He wins, um, whether that's good or that's bad, that's whatever. But, you know, his, he, he won with his arm. This, this picture of, of winning, uh, whose right hand and holy arm have won the victory, it's this picture of the sword-wheeling arm, right? This arm that has won the victory through the work that it, is, that it has done. And then we talk about how uh, Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, the right hand being the place where the trusted advisor would be, where the, where the one who would who would uh, be most connected to the king would sit, who would be sent out for war at times. And, and so this would be his right-hand man, sort of, so to speak. And it's the same thing here. The psalm opening up with shouts of victory to God because of what Christ has done. This, this victory that has been made known, that has been revealed in the sight of the nations. Think about that. The victory of God being revealed in sight of all nations and being revealed through Christ, through one who has been crucified. Victory being seen in public execution of the beloved Son of God. And that's the victory that is being talked about here. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice and sing. This is the verse four, and this is where we begin to go in a completely different direction because we start to bring in all of creation, all of creation rejoicing over what it is that God has done. Whereas before in Old Testament days, it would be the actual victory in battle, 
the defeat of enemies. And here we have the defeat of the enemy, death, and sin, and the devil, as, as Luther talks about. Shout with joy to the Lord, all you lands. Lift up your voice, rejoice, and sing. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of song. I like to think it's a guitar or a ukulele. Those work for me better than a harp. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, shout with joy before the King, the Lord. Trumpets are not quiet things, are they? They stand out. I, I, I can remember when we would have our more traditional opening of Easter before COVID, and we'd have a brass band at a brass quartet or quintet at uh, one of my little churches. And we'd start with Jesus Christ is risen today. And they would start with this whole fanfare. You knew something was different about church because you heard these trumpets blaring, making known the fact that there's something different, that there's victory that has come. There's something different about that trumpet blast. It startles us. It rings in our ears. And here we're saying, cry out with those trumpets. Make known the victory of God in such a way. And then it goes on to talk about the sea roaring, the rivers clapping their hands, the hills ringing out with joy. The reality being that, that creation is yearning for God to do his work, to bring fullness and completion in the salvation that he brings. And then finally, we hear about judgment before the Lord who comes to judge the earth. Don't get terrified yet. The Lord will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. When I talk about judgment, I always want to talk about it as decisions. Because that's what a judgment is, right? We make a decision about somebody. So I judge you. It's normally because I've made a decision about you based on your outward appearance or, or words you use or don't use, what you eat those sorts of things. I've made a decision about you. And here it's talking about God's decision about the world. God is going to come and, and make decisions and decide with righteousness, trustworthiness, that, that his decisions, his, his judgments are going to be without any sort of controversy, right? That, that it's not going to be based off of favoritism. It's not going to be based off of bribes. It's not going to be based off of whose, whose brother is he or from what part of, of the world he's from. No, instead, it's going to be God making decisions about us. And part of that decision is connected to the cross. That there in the cross, God already made a decision about you. He already judged you and the world by placing that judgment upon Christ. So if you wonder how things are going to go for you, you need to hold to Christ. You need to see Christ for who he is as the crucified Lord. And that's what we have to hold on to all the time. Because today or tomorrow or the next day, I'm going to hit a place in which not only do I not want to rejoice, not only do I not want to give God the glory that is due his name, but then also, I'm going to be one who's going to be terrified of God's judgment because I'm worried I'm not good enough. And yet we miss the whole beginning of that psalm in Psalm 98 where it talks about God's victory in Christ, his right hand, his arm winning it for us, that the victory, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to win on my own, the victory that I'm trying to win on my own without him is already done in him. And that is what we hold to. 
So think about it this week, church. What sort of things are you trying to win on your own by yourself? And what sort of things are you needing to trust that Christ has already won the victory for you? Let us pray. O God, you have prepared for those who love you joys beyond understanding. Pour into our hearts such love for you that loving you above all things we may obtain your promises which exceed all we can desire through Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, we'll see you tomorrow. We're going to be back in 1 John again, 1 John chapter 5. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. See you later.